365 certified Luke Curtis is a vibe, and you are listening to the OVW Podcast. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am the ghost of Captain Lou Albano, Brian Hines. And I am the king of the ring, Jackman Oaks. Today we are getting into the action from OVW No Rest for the Wicked, which was at Historic Davis Arena on October 21st, 2023. Uh, Big week for us, big week for us on the OVW Podcast. We went to, we doubled our all-time shows together as a podcast this week we did it was a huge week for us (laughs) so we went to two shows yeah we were Um, there for the regular show on thursday and we were lucky enough to uh get uh ramp side seats for no rest for the wicked and uh, we were not disappointed at least this part of we wasn't no it was it was a lot of fun um a lot of uh sitting ramp sides kind of a whole different thing um you are kind of uh distracted by i mean the speakers are right behind you blowing your ears out. right behind you <laughs> um, a lot of the the photographers the camera folks are right there in your face um you do get to see a you do get a great view of all the action I'm not trying to take away from sitting ramside by any stretch of the imagination but no, is, not at all we've sat on the uh the other side of ovw arena and most of the time when i've sat at ovw arena i haven't been anywhere near the production equipment and uh, it's a little taxing. Yes. <laughs> but I loved it. I had a blast. Oh, had God. Blast. It was it was such a great night. It was a great pay-per-view. There wasn't any match that I was disappointed in outside of the outcome. But, you know, that's, that's just kind of how things roll. But uh, it was a great show. It was a great night. And I had a blast. One of the things kind of at the top that I took away from the overall pay-per-view was that we really didn't see that many more matches. They were just a lot longer. Yes. Um, really, really putting... Um, and I've been to Saturday nights at OVW before. I've been to plenty of Saturday nights. been to more Saturdays than I have Thursdays. Um, but them just kind of... They gave all the wrestlers um, a bigger platform, longer platform to tell a fuller story. Um, just interesting to see in comparison to the way they book Thursday nights, which is just angle, 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 angle. This felt just like match, 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 match. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, all the matches went a little bit longer except for one, I, I would think because, uh, of a potential injury, but, um, overall, yeah, the matches were longer. We'll definitely get to that. We'll get to that for sure. Because wow. Um, a little bit of bookkeeping before we delve into the full recap of our evening um, at the No Rest for the Wicked. Um, our Layla Gray interview is dropped. Uh, yes, yeah, Layla Gray interview is dropped. Luke Curtis interview will drop this Thursday. If you're listening to this on uh, Tuesday morning or after that, then you can look forward to a Luke Curtis interview in this very feed. Both of those interviews were a lot of fun. Um, two very kind of different interviews and then next week will be an interview with amazing maria um, head booker from the ovw women's division and ovw rush division uh, one of the big personalities from wrestlers on netflix the biggest um so look in the best way look forward to that interview as well that uh, of all the interviews we've done everyone has been great um maria just was able to bring a different dynamic than anything we've ever we've ever had before so Really looking forward to getting that interview out in the public. Yeah, I can't wait to go back and listen to that one myself. Um, after, right after this, we will hear our full recap of Ohio Valley Wrestling's pay-per-view No Rest for the Wicked. Hey, folks. Tiny Brian here. And uh, as you may have heard, I've had a big wrestling week. We went to two shows, and we went and did a bunch of things, and we're doing a bunch of recording about it, so... I'm kind of drained, so we're going to keep this short and simple this week. Go to bluegrasshomefront.com if you're interested in Kentucky music and stories. Original Kentucky artists, original Kentucky songs, original Kentucky stories. Hosted by me and my boss, Victor. Come along for all the fun, bluegrasshomefront.com. And now, back 
to the OVW Podcast. Welcome back to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am Jack Minokes. And I am still Brian Hines. We were able to make it to dark matches for the first time, or at least the first time to see all of them. Yeah, uh, we did. We usually, we travel from Lexington to Louisville. We usually, we all work another job on top of this. Imagine that this uh, thing ain't paying no bills. But we we barely get to ever see the dark matches. We really wanted to go out of our way this Saturday since we all had time to get up there and see the dark matches. A um, little bit of a different, a um, little bit of a different, feeling to the dark matches than what you see on the television show. Oh, in what sense? Um, the guys are pretty unrecognizable um, at, at first, and then it's kind of booked as in like a small event in itself. By the end of it, you see stars that you see on the weekly, but it just kind of had a... It, it was very much like a showcase, I felt like. It wasn't necessarily... Um, OVW television can be so tight with angles. This was just kind of like a, a showcase of what you can expect from guys maybe you'll see on television in a couple of months. I don't know. It just felt different. I'm not, maybe I'm not doing a very good job of articulating why. Uh, I, I mean, they were great matches. I, they were, they were, no, they, they were, were all a lot of fun. Yeah, there wasn't a bad match the whole entire night. The, uh, the dark matches were a little bit shorter than uh, the rest of the matches for the evening. They were just kind of like a warm up or an, Appetizer, a whore's divorce, if you are. The uh, they were between the first one was between uh, Justice Davis. He's the Iceman. He's already getting a little bit of uh, even though he was playing heel in this match, he's already getting a little bit of uh, traction with the OVW crowd. I noticed. Yeah, he did have the uh, the crowd behind him. Yeah, yeah, which uh, was exactly what you want if uh, you're at the top of the card or the main event or anywhere in between. Right, right. You're getting the, a reaction at all. Yeah, when you're the first match of the night, and a lot of people don't recognize you. Ton of new faces again uh, at the pay per view. That you know, OVW has a really, really good crowd, built-in crowd. But the fact that they're selling out more consistently means that a lot of these people have never been to an OVW show before and may have never even seen it on television. So to get any sort of reaction when you're largely unrecognized is pretty cool. Yeah, and. If that's what your objective is, and that is the objective for all the wrestlers, that would be um, what you want, and it, they got it. And I like Ty Vance, too. He does a lot. He moves uh, he moves around a lot. He's one of those guys that like definitely might have to learn to slow down a little bit. Uh, but while he's young and has all of the ability to just like do unnecessary things in his ring entrance and in, in the ring, then like go for it. Cause I think he is fun to watch. He is tight, but he just is, he's, he's there to make sure you remember him. Oh yeah. Um, and I just thought that I, uh, that Davis was just a little more slow and deliberate. I thought he was, he was, I don't know. It was an interesting matchup. That, that's a good point. He was, uh, uh, a, a little bit slower and a little bit more methodical, but, uh, Ty Vance had a lot more energy and was, was faster and, I remember when I was young and I had that kind of energy, so uh, I'm a little bit jealous of you, Ty Vance, because I'm not that guy anymore. Can I interject just one moment? Yeah. I had a. Uh, I noticed Ty Vance had something I've not really seen in wrestlers, and you guys can tell me. You guys know I'm sort of the novice here. You can tell me if if this is something that happens a lot. He seems to have sort of a drunken style, because the angle they play for him is that he's like a club kid. Yeah, he's like a party, a good time just, party guy. He does the sway very, you know, if you ever watch like any drunken martial arts forms, he seems to have a little of that. And I've, I've always loved drunken martial arts. I think that's yeah. a, a hilarious way to kind of rope a dope your opponent. All of the best martial arts movies are drunken style martial arts movies. Everyone knows this. <laughs> um, at least my personal favorite. Um, I could definitely see that. I just think that it was... He he has, while I think the character is a little generic, he's very, very good at filling out every inch of that character. Uh, kind of, under, he, he understands the assignment, even though it is a little indie-rific for me. Um, it's always nice to see Jebediah Blackhawk at an OVW ring. This is a guy that, if you've ever been to Davis Arena, um, is up kind of on the wall of fame where they have all of the hand-drawn pictures of all the OVW alumni and this guy has his picture up there along the likes of everyone that you maybe <clears throat> first 
go to John Cena, the Batistas of the world, the CM Punks of the world. He was in the second dark match against Luke Curtis. Luke Curtis won, obviously. Uh, Luke Curtis does nothing but win. We will hear that, uh, hear him put over that sentiment in the interview this week. Oh, we sure will. On the podcast. <laughs> um, fun. Just fun Fun to see a guy that has been around for so long like Jebediah Blackhawk. I think that's the first time I've seen him wrestle at Davis Arena. So that in itself was a real treat, even though he didn't come out the, on the on the good end of the bell this time. We'll get into the card proper at this point. The first match was against Daggett Bundles and Carson Drake. Um, kind of a little bit of retribution for Daggett Bundles here. Over the past couple of weeks, he hasn't uh, won anything. He was very dominant in this match, as you would expect him to be. Yes, after, uh, I want to say, the last three episodes, including No Rest for the Wicked, he was the first match. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this was his first time winning. I I would imagine he, you know, after losing the last two, obviously frustrated and upset like anybody would be. And unfortunately for Carson Drake, he was on the receiving end of that frustration. But I would like to point out that... uh, in the first, maybe second episode, I mentioned that I figured Carson Drake was going to end up in OVW at some you point did. because I've seen him wrestle for years in uh, Southern Ohio, where I'm from. And I mean, how, you can't sleep on somebody that good. What did uh, Carson Drake say to you shortly before his match that night? I uh, I, w- I was kind of I was. Kind of surprised to see him there, but also kind of not surprised, being that I've already talked about this on the podcast. But uh, I was walking out of the restroom, and, and there he was right before bell time. And I was like, hey, I know you. I haven't seen you for a minute. And he said, well, if you cheer real loud, I get to keep my job. So <laughs> I cheered as loud as I could. Um, unfortunately for Carson Drake, things didn't go his way, but he looked great out there. He, did. he, really he looked as good as he's ever looked. In any of the matches I've seen him in in the last four years or so. And, I mean, he's young. He's got a fantastic ring awareness um, and skill set like we've talked about mm-hmm. before. He looks the part. He's got the skills. Uh, there's not a whole lot of mic work at the house shows that I've been to. It's mostly just, you know, match, match, match. Um, he does so there's, have a certain amount of charisma about him. Though. He he very much has uh, a charismatic element to him, and that's another reason why I was not surprised to see him end up in OVW at some point. So, personally speaking, Carson, I'm proud of you, dude. You put in the work, and here you are. And I hope to see you on OVW every week sooner than later. I mean, opening up the pay per view not a bad place to start. Absolutely not. I can't think of a better place. The only thing that would have been better is if he would have pulled out the W, but he got to start somewhere. The second match of the night was a woman's gauntlet match. Um, we see a little bit of Layla Gray before the match kind of poking fun at um, how some she doesn't recognize the a lot of the entrance. Uh, by the end of it, she sure as shit recognized Freya, the Slayer, <laughs> and TD. Yep. Uh, TD, TD, of course, uh, ends up winning the match. Um, it looks for a lot of the time that Layla Gray is going to, it's like one, two, three, like backhanded tactic, knock the person out. Backhanded, a gauntlet match, I guess we should say, starts with two people in the ring. It's five people total. You have to beat, if you started at one, you'd have to beat all five people. Right. Or all four other competitors. So if you pin your opponent, you still have three more opponents that you have to beat in order to be the true winner of the match. Right. Someone the someone makes the uh, pin, the next opponent is immediately out. Uh, Layla Gray manages to knock out several people, though, but none of them were very clean. Um, TD ends up winning the match. She comes in last, so it's kind of had uh, the ability... Layla Gray's kind of been beat down a little bit, gives TD an advantage, and uh, we have a new number one contender for the OVW Women's Championship. That's true. However, that match did have a, uh, a potential interesting plot twist if things wouldn't have gone the way they would have gone. If uh, Freya would have pinned Layla Gray, it would have been Freya versus TD. It mm-hmm. would have been Fire versus Ice. And that, to me... 
in itself would have been an interesting uh, an interesting series of events, but it didn't work out that way. Well, and just like looking in the horizon, if Layla Gray had managed to win two, where does that put the Bad Girls Club? But That's true. There's always, this is one of the things OVW does a great job of. We've touched on this in the past. There's always somewhere for them to go in the way that they tell stories. They always have a lot of options. They definitely set themselves up with a lot of what-ifs and uh, potential alternate storylines, Doctor Strange style. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens as a result of uh, TT winning that match. Congratulations, TT, by the way. Uh, Big Kentucky Country Boy Heavyweight Championship match after that gauntlet match. Uh, Tony Evans, who's been there before, Star Rider, who's the number one contender um, after... Well, he had won, Star Rider had won the contendership at a tournament last month, but since Crixus had to vacate the title, this is what we got on the pay-per-view was Tony Evans versus Star Rider. Yes. It was, uh, it was a good match. It was entertaining for a lot of reasons. The, uh, I think my favorite part of the match was the crowd constantly chanting Tidy Whitey in reference to Superior Tony Evans' ring gear. Everybody seemed to really organically kind of hit on that as a group and uh, drove that bus all the way through to the end of the match. It was hilarious. (laughs) One of the things that I watched throughout that match was um, not even in the ring. When we were coming in, there was a family next to us. It was uh, mother, daughter, uh, one of the daughter's friends, and the dad. And the mother and the daughter had Star Rider shirts on. Big fan of Star Rider. The friend had never been to a wrestling show before. I'm a little bit of an eavesdropper. Oh, um, I see. And you were sitting just a little, you were close, but you weren't exactly like neck and neck with us or like sitting right next. So, so I, could, I missed something. I could see them. Well, this is when we're standing in line. And then from where I'm sitting at, they are directly across from me. And when Star Rider took the pin, that she had to have been like 12 max oh just her face was just uh just when you get disappointed and your chin your your mouth just kind of hangs open in complete shock like hollywood Haley j in episode one of wrestlers N- maybe maybe but when Maria a lot had, like uh, belzer a time? lot sadder Sadder than yeah, that, a lot because sadder. that was really sad. Um, that was full-on bottom lip stuck out sad. That was just one of those things, like, sometimes when I go to wrestling shows, like, obviously I'm there to see the wrestling, but I I almost enjoy seeing something like that, like seeing someone being so invested in wrestling that uh, they are just, like, in complete shock when the the guy in the mask wins or loses his fake fight like it just kind of like reminds me more of like what how special wrestling is and like because I've, I've said I, I'm going through a period of being very jaded and cynical about wrestling maybe it's just because we're going often I'm watching more of it um I don't know what it is but like something like that that snapshot of watching that girl watch Star Rider lose is like this is really what wrestling is all about for me personally I don't know that's a little bit of a sidetrack, I guess. Oh, no, I totally understand. People it's watching... About disappointing children? Yes, always. <laughs> One of my other second, my other favorite wrestling memories is when Daniel Bryanson was uh, playing heel in WWE and walked up to a kid like he was going to fist pump him and just ran his uh, hand through his hair instead. And the kid did not know what to do and welled up. Like started crying and the, oh. da- he's, the dad's the dad's just like it's it's not he didn't want to say it's not real he just kept saying it's not like that <laughs> it's not like that because um, I mean he didn't the kid was a little maybe too young to realize that Brian Brian was a bad guy and all he knew was that this is a guy from TV that I see and I want him to shake my hand and then he didn't do it and he, I mean it was like it was a pretty instant like. Like, as if he had scraped his knee, like, that, like, three seconds of my feelings are hurt, and then just... Yeah, I love it when kids get disappointed at wrestling shows. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess, the moral of the story. That's a pretty disappointing story. Anyway. But basically, all throughout the... the, uh, Tony Evans wins against Star Rider. Jay De Niro interferes, as he always does. That kind of covers that, I think... 
we're not looking forward to the ending of this match so much as we're looking forward to when Crixus returns, whenever that may be. Uh, we know that he is actually hurt, hurt. Yes. Um, but Tony Evans will kind of piddle around with the title, do whatever he does with the title for a little bit, and then the moment Crixus returns, I have a feeling that that title goes back on Crixus's waist. I want to know... Who is going to really step up and give Tony Evans a solid run for that title? I mean, Star Rider lost, so he's out. The biggest surprise I learned about Star Rider this week is I didn't realize that he had a mustache, but here we are. I didn't, I don't, you've got better eyesight than me. Uh, what I want to know is who's going to stand up to Jay De Niro, and maybe we can find out I Wednesday night. I think that there's a very good chance that we'll find out. If you if you think that... Uh, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. Maybe, as I've said it on the podcast in the past, if you're a fan of Jay DeNiro, maybe you pay attention to the feed. If you're a fan of the Midwest Ace TW3, maybe you pay attention to the feed. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, the kind of one of the running things throughout the night was the uh, culmination of the Nightmare Cup. Oh well, yeah, obviously that was a a big deal, just as big a deal as anything else was that night. The uh, first match that we saw in the Nightmare Cup was the Destroyers versus Beaches and Cream, the Wet Dream tag team, your mom's favorite tag team, Omar Amir and Luscious Lawrence. Uh, they were able to pick up the win versus the Destroyers. Um, I've always, I've always kind of gone back and forth on the dynamic of having. Uh, a wrestler wrestling multiple times in a night. Like, is that like, does that do something for you, Brian? Like, cause I don't know if it, I always go back and forth. It depends on, on like the payoff and the story of it, but I don't necessarily, for me, I don't necessarily want to see the same guys four times in a night in a wrestling match. Well, I want to see, I want to see a bunch of different people on the card. Four times. Sure. It, I will agree. Admittedly is a bit much, but um, I am a big fan of Beaches and Cream, and yes, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. it was—it's always a pleasure to see them wrestle. So, getting to see them twice, uh, double up two times in a night, was just fine by me. I had no problem with that. Both guys looked great. Luscious Lawrence's ring gear was excellent. I mean, I'm a big fan of purple anyway. But if you're a big fan of purple, you should check it out because uh, it was pretty purpley. I guess just for me, it's like at a buffet. I, I I hesitate to get the same, the same thing out of the thing twice. I really? if I have the choice, I want to get as much of the different individual things as possible. And I kind of look at a wrestling show the same way. I want to I want to see all. I want to see as many people, especially when I'm there live. I want to see as many different people wrestle that night as humanly possible. Sure, and if we're going to go along with the uh, buffet m- metaphor. Uh, if I go the first trip, I try to get a lot of little things, just like little samples of this and that, like you just mentioned. And then I go through and figure out what I like and what I don't. And once I figure out what I like, I'll go back and hit that pretty hard. I haven't been to a buffet in a long time, probably since before COVID. Um, and I don't know whether I will again. I'm sure I will at some point. But once I figure out what I like from that buffet... All bets are off. I mean, if I want a coffee mug full of gravy, I want to have that coffee mug full of gravy. If I want to put like a giant piece of spiral sliced ham underneath the chocolate fountain, that's where it's going because that's how I roll. And Go when it comes off, to- sis. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got my own rules when it comes to buffet, and I'm not super picky about seeing somebody wrestle two or three times in a night. So that was just fine by me. Always a pleasure to see Luscious Lawrence and uh, Omar Amir, as it was to see uh, Cashflow and Malabali Shira wrestle a couple of times. I wasn't upset about that either way. And uh, this is actually a new format that we're trying out on the OVW podcast, where we, the real money in podcasting is two dudes talking about food. So we're trying, we, we're really trying to, over the few next few weeks, like when you're going to hear some interviews where we just say, uh, whose fries are better, Burger King's or McDonald's? This is this is the new format, so there's something for you guys to look forward to. Because that's what we really need is another podcast where two dudes talk about food. 
I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I'm complaining again about my personal life. I anyway. Li- I listen to one pod- podcast, and it's the OVW podcast. Because that one's my favorite. The only podcast that matters. The unofficial podcast of the OVW. The only one that matters to this guy. Wow, that's not true. Uh, big big uh, number one contenders match for OVW championship after this. Um, you had just come back from the uh, the snack stand um, at this uh, whenever this match was going on. What'd you get at the snack stand at OVW? Uh, round one, I got a slice of pizza. No, I take that back. I got a cheeseburger okay, and a yeah. Coke Zero. And How was the cheeseburger? It was good. Did they go can or did they go bottle on the Coke Zero? Can. Ah, uh, see, I love bottles. Well, I love bottles. Sure, so do I. See, we could do this. We could do this. Food. We could talk we could about food, food all night. Pie. We could. If you ever listen to one of the, oh no no no, I, I got to have the bottle, man. If I don't have the bottle, bro, I don't got. What uh, what kind of cheese did you go with on the cheeseburger? Uh, it, that selection was out of my hands. What do you but do? It was delicious. You go mayo. You go mustard. What do you do? What do you do? Plain. Uh, plain. Plain cheeseburger. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Hey guys, do you remember there was a wrestling match on Saturday? There was what? Wrestling. Okay, fine. How about we get back to it? While we were eating? Yes, while you guys were having dinner, if you'd have looked ahead, there was a wrestling show going on. Was this during first dinner or second dinner? Both. Both? Yes. Oh. Uh, Ryan Ryan Von Rocket was up next. Against Tony Gunn, uh, it was the number one contenders match for the OVW Heavyweight Championship. Um, Ryan Von, Tony, the match starts by Tony Gunn cutting off Ryan Von Rocket's solo backstage, which bummed me out. I know it bummed you out. Yeah, I was I was pretty upset. I mean, it was uh, uh, Von Hefner for the night, right? Yes, yes. They he, since it was uh, Ryan Von Rocket and his two valets were dressed as uh, Playboy bunnies. Miss Crystal and Miss Katie. Yes, um, who nearly fell down that ramp. Not only did they nearly fall down the ramp. Those poor, poor girls They those had heels. a, a uh, bubble um, uh, pipe when you blew <laughs> yeah. that, that, um, that spilled uh, unbeknownst to them all over the, the, the ringside, <laughs> the, the ring apron. And all I could think about as I'm watching this soapy solution spill all over the part where these two women in high heels are walking was, oh, no, please don't fall. Because <laughs> I don't think either, I don't think anybody was aware. And I mean, something like in all seriousness, like I'm kind of taking a piss, but like in all seriousness, like in a rest, like that could be, that could have been bad. And thankfully it wasn't. We get to laugh about it, but. It you're very well like, right. It yeah, could like, have been bad, you know, but the good news is it appears as though everybody involved is painfully aware of the ramp and how short and steep it is, and reacts accordingly. So, so far in my time at Davis Arena, uh, we are shooting a hundred percent for nobody busting their ass going down the ramp. So. Good job, everybody. But we do know that it, it happens. And it, we do know that it does <laughs> it happen. And it has happened. I'm sure it will happen again. But uh, no injuries this time. I like that you brought up the, the pipe um, as part That's of the... That's one of those the, things uh, you get to see live you don't get to see on TV. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know whether people got a chance to see that or not. I tried to go back and watch the replay. I subscribed to uh, Fight TV and pay their uh, subscription fee, but I tried to go back and pull it up, and I wasn't able to do so, so I'm going to have to try to figure out how to uh, make that happen. But um, as a a father, I thought the, the thing with the pipe was hilarious because I didn't even catch that. I saw it as in somebody's hand backstage, and then they get to the ring, and it's like when you take your kid to one of those, like like the ball pit at the mall, or like where they have like the the playground stuff, so like the parents can just kind of like chill mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, you've got an eye on your kid, and your kid's fine behaving himself, playing, and there's this other kid who is about to make the biggest <laughs> mess. <laughs> And there ain't a damn thing you can do about it except sit back and watch. 
And they're up there posing for the camera, and Ryan's got his guitar out there, and he's making the faces, the rock faces, and the girls are trying to look all hot and stuff. And I can't remember who it is. Somebody's got this pipe that's full of bubble solution. It was, uh, it was and this, Miss Crystal. Okay, it was Miss Crystal. And uh, n- not paying a lick of attention to how this pipe is being held. And this pipe is just pissing bubble solution all over that side of the ring. And I just... It just struck me as so funny. It was hilarious. And I just laughed for like the first two or three minutes of the match before anything really even happened. I mean, everybody's trying to look all hot and sexy, and then there's bubbles just all over the place. Which usually helps, but in this situation was was a hindrance. <laughs> this um, was a negative, yes. Yeah. Also, can we can we talk about the fact that Ryan Von Rocket's guitar can smoke, but his pop can't? Hmm. Yeah, last Thursday his guitar was smoking. It yeah, he had bad. the uh, Ace Frehley shock me vibe going, mm-hmm. but uh, not tonight, kids. It might have smoked because Crystal spilled all that soap all over it. Which is uh, another thing that uh, you know I've had happen to me as as a, a dad. You know, somebody puts a, a whole bunch of uh, say like milk in a laptop or a DVD player or something like that. You know, it happens. But that's okay. The uh, so Tony Gunn is. We now have a new number one contender for the um, OVW Heavyweight Championship. It's Tony Gunn. I kind of wanted it to be Ryan Von Rocket just for the chaos of things. I, I was. I think Jack Vaughn and Ryan Von Rocket would have would be so fucking fun to watch. I didn't really have a horse in that race as far as like I just wanted to see a good match. Oh, and it was great. It, it was a great match. Those so, two guys are, I mean, two of just like the most well practiced guys on the entire uh, roster. Yeah, I mean, Shotgun Tony Gun always, you know, puts on a good match. Always professional. Ryan Von Rocket. Uh, the same. I find him very entertaining, and I would love to see a push for him to just kind of, you know, take his guitar playing ways and just cause all sorts of chaos, like you said. So maybe we'll be able to get that in some other capacity. But uh, I, I got what I came for on Saturday night, as far as that match was concerned. Yeah, it was a great. Congratulations, match. for me. Tony again. For me, match of the night. To be honest with you, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, just as far as in ring goes, match of the night for me. Um, the, the next match is a big survivor series match and OVW, they call it soul survivor match, but it's a five versus five tag match, uh, single elimination. The last person standing wins the match for their team or for themselves or however you want to look at it. Um, other than, uh, first off, everybody, this, this is kind of, um, dysfunction and the fallen are two teams that I've ragged on a shitload for like not ever winning anything. Um, so it's not a surprise that Donovan Cecil won for his team, that the good guys won for his team. Um, in a lot of ways, though, other than my new best friend, Maximo Suave, being in the match, this was another coming out party for Donovan Cecil. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, in my opinion, he may have had the biggest night out of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say enough about this guy. He's like a force of nature. I got to see him live, so I get a a real idea of how big this guy is versus how big he appears on TV because of, you know, trick camera angles or lighting or whatever. A beast. Total beast. And in terms of size, in terms of strength, uh, there are very few people that I have seen live who rivals his strength mm-hmm. and i mean just wow i i don't really know what to say i mean and he can fly he's he's a a true athlete like when i say kind of shades of of that golden run wcw vader new japan vader this guy is up there just in terms of a big guy being able to move strong as shit just like can lay it in, uh, can work with small guys, by no means has to be a guy that works only exclusively with big guys. Um, just a really, really, really talented wrestler. Really, really awesome wrestler. Yeah, and uh, like you said, he didn't have a problem. I mean, he had five opponents, just like you know everybody else did as far as everybody on his team. Um he was able to uh, successfully adapt to all styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, not was never in a situation where he had to play defense by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, and was just brutal. He really needs to kind of be, and hopefully this is a jumping off point for this, he needs to be in that conversation of the Kentucky Country Boy heavyweight title. Ooh, that's a great um, idea. I, I would love to, if he, unfortunately, I think he's a little too um, over to be a heel, but I would love to see him in the rush division with some of these smaller guys kind of keeping up and playing that game with some of these smaller guys because he could certainly do it for as big as he is. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think I think the guy needs a belt, damn it. And I'm not, I've said it a thousand times before on this podcast, I'm not necessarily a guy that thinks everything needs to revolve around the belt, but I do think Donovan Cecil needs a belt. I I couldn't agree more, and if tonight, or I guess Saturday, was any indication of that, uh, I would not be surprised if that happened sooner than later. But uh, I was really hoping that I would have been able to see the moonsault in person. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't happen. He climbed up to the ropes, and then, uh, you know, you can only get so far with that sometimes in a match of uh, of that type. But uh, seeing it the first time when he was wearing that gray singlet, it was like watching uh, the Hindenburg. I mean, like just kind of float <laughs> there in the air for a second and before everything burst into flames and went to hell and whoever he was wrestling rolled out of the way and he came crashing down. But... Uh, Really something to see, was it? I think it was a few weeks ago. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it was a couple weeks ago when he was wearing the um, the gray singlet as opposed to the orange one from this past week. But uh, hell of a match for Donovan Cecil. Mm-hmm. Great coming out party for the kid. Um, while we're making predictions, you, you've already gotten one of your podcast predictions right over the, the uh, long term here in terms of uh, Carson Drake showing up in an OVW match. I'm going to make you a prediction right now. The mo- the next time you see the big moonsault hit somebody, it's Tony Evans taking it for the heavyweight championship, Kentucky Country Boy heavyweight championship. Wow. That is my prediction. I'm going to put that one on Mike, um, much as I put my prediction out a few weeks ago about the uh, outcome of this next match between Cal Hero and Adam Revolver. I said Adam Revolver is going to win, and he did. Um, so we're on fire, baby. It seems to be that way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, we're that's we're we're two guys talking about wrestling. That's all we are. It was um, very good to see Maximo Suave Suave in that. Yeah, match, it was though. awesome. Maximo Suave, seriously, my new best friend. Uh, we can't wait. We we had the chance to talk to him pretty extensively. We did not get at him on the microphone. But Yet. wait until you start seeing this guy wrestle week to week in OVW. Wait till you hear him on mic in one of our um one of our interviews with him. He's he's awesome, man. He's he's got a ton of stories, a ton of insight, twenty year veteran. Um, even though he doesn't look like he could have possibly been wrestling that long. Like just, right? he seems he you say twenty years you've been doing this for twenty years. How? So that means you started when you were like what, five? Yeah, yeah. No, just um wait wait until we get Maximo Suave on this podcast. You guys are going to love him as much as we uh, grew to love him when he when we uh, were able to chat with him here at our studio for a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm so looking forward to it because I know he's got so many good stories. And if I had to guess, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he he went out and did some singles matches. But uh, maybe he'd be paired up with somebody like uh, I don't know, uh, maybe. Manny Domingo? Maybe Manny Domingo. Who I don't knows? know. We'll see. We'll, we'll just see. we'll just have to see. I don't know. Um so Linda came out during this match to she, cheer on Cow Hero? She did. Thank God. I was I mean, like all the wrestling fans, I was worried about her, you know. And obviously about Cal too for beating himself up over the accident that happened during their match a few weeks ago. But uh she's alive and well and uh she looked great and super healthy and was really hoping that uh, that would have been the turning point for uh, the fanny pack kid, Cal Hero, and um, not so much. I actually didn't know that she came out because um, I was standing in line at the refreshments. Oh, really? Um, trying to decide if I should get a pepperoni slice of pizza or a cheese slice of pizza and then which of the Danos I should put on it. And so I actually I got a pepperoni 
and then I put half of the chipotle danos on one half and half of the spicy and then covered it with the original so that I could kind of get all three. Um, it didn't, some of the flavors cla- clashed a little bit and uh, it wasn't everything Jackman. that I wanted it to be, but that wasn't their fault for Wix Pizza. OVW. Yeah, I'm sorry. I promise we'll get dinner after this. Just please stick to the wrestling. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just thought, I thought we were doing the new format. We were doing the new format this week. And that Wix pizza is so it good. It is. In all honesty, in all honesty, this is the last time I'll make this bit. Wix pizza is legitimately my favorite pizza in Louisville, Kentucky. Honestly, I was a, uh, as, the, as the official fat man of this podcast, I can say the Wix pizza is, in fact, delicious. It's yeah. worth the trip just for that. It's, it's, they have, uh, it's uh, in Bardstown Road, if you're in the area. It is legitimately my favorite pizza place in Louisville. It is, it is actually so good. That is not me taking a piss with that bit. That is, Wix pizza is delicious. That's a free, that's a free endorsement right there for Wix pizza. Yeah, he means that all right, and I, I backed that up because it was super good. I doubled down. I had two slices. Good to see Linda K back, though. Good to see Linda K back. And again, Very much so. This is another, um, you kind of expect the pay-per-view to be the end of a chapter. It looks like we're, again, going to see more of Adam Revolver and Cal Hero. Yeah. It's like these guys can't get out of each other's hair or bald head. <laughs> he looks like a thumb sometimes, depending on how the light hits him, but you, that's kind of beside the point. Your son's a little too young to remember Spy Kids, but there's these, there's these, uh, these villains in Spy Kids that are five thumbs. They have a thumb for a head, two thumbs for a body, and two thumbs for legs. They're called. They're literally called the Thumb Thumbs. If you don't understand that reference, Google Adam Revolver first and Google Thumb Thumb Spy Kids second, and tell me. Here we got a, we got a picture for you right here, Brian. Oh, Malachi with the uh, the save. Happy birthday, Malachi! By the way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That that thing looks just like Adam Revolver. Yeah. Yeah. The thumb the thumb thumb from Spy Kids. Don't talk about the Rush Division champion that way. Not my champion. Stop the steal of the belt. <laughs> and now that he's champion, we're going to hear him go on and on and on about it, as any champion should, but he's just going to be a little bit more annoying than most. So, Kind of um, on subject, but off, changing the subject slightly, did you notice the uh, absence of anyone this week? Maybe uh, one of the particular overmen that's, Always there at ringside with every single one of them. Uh, I noticed uh, the absence of Shannon the Dude and EC3. Yeah, EC3 um, definitely was not there, but I was very surprised that Shannon was not there. Noticeably. Big night for the Overman pay-per-view is always going to be your biggest matches, your biggest opportunities, the most people watching you, and your insurance policy is not there. It's just a little interesting. A little interesting um, because usually you see Shannon the Dude smiling douchebag face 10 times a night yeah so whether not, you want to or not whether you want to or not he's there uh but yeah just a little i got, i wanted to point that out that at no point during the overman's involvement in these matches um they had two uh well they had three technically including the dark match was shannon the dude present um the nightmare cup semi-final match between level x uh which is will austin and blanco loco Versus Cashflow and Shira, brand new team of Cashflow and Shira. Um, that match was on fire the whole time. That match was unhinged until. <laughs> uh, well, until Will Austin went sailing out of the ring and nearly into the front row. Cashflow, Will I mean, Austin was going for a, a tope. Cashflow shoved him in. And I mean, it from the moment it happened, everyone was aware. Like, oh, this isn't that wasn't just a bump. No, there was a collective gasp of, yeah. <gasps> oh, and it was an amazing match. Like that was, it, other than the ending, would have been my match of the night for uh, Ryan Von that, Ra- other over Ryan Von Rocket and Tony Gunn. That was a very good match. I I very much agree with you, but. Uh, that was scary. I it mean, was. we were literally on the corner by the ramp in the, the second row. I was right next to the uh, barricade at that time. He came flying out of the ring and 
I, I swear to God, there were a couple times during that match I thought we were going to get hit by people getting thrown out of the ring over the course of the night, especially in the uh, Survivor Series style match because everybody and their brother mm-hmm. flew through those ropes to knock somebody down, and then the next person did it, the next person up to, and including the mammoth, Donovan Cecil. But in this match, there was also a lot of outside-the-ring action uh, that was around us, and I really thought that like somebody was going to fly out of the ring and and hit us because we were that close, and that's just how the the match went. You know, sometimes you get thrown out of the ring, and that's just how it is. And I thought, uh oh, it's just always scary when you see the ref throw up the the big X's. Yeah, that and was the first time I'd seen that up close. He th- so he throws the X's, and then. What does that mean exactly, Jackman? That is um, letting production know whatever We're off script. You, whatever you're seeing over here is not he's not selling. We need to end this match immediately, so he can get medical so that he attention. Can get medical attention. So it was very obvious after um, Will Curtis went down. Uh, Will that, Austin? Uh, sorry, yeah, Will Austin. What did I say? Will, Will Curtis? That's not even a person. Um, Will Austin. It was very obvious that. Cash was the person who shoved him out of the ring. This is I'm not blaming Cash for this is wrestling, it's a freak accident. Cash is the person that shoved him out of the ring. Cash knows immediately something's going on. They work their way to a spot where Shira hits the finish. Before the finish, the referee is on the outside throwing the X. He sees the finish go down, jumps into the ring to count the one, two, three while throwing an X in between every single one. Like it was it was one of those like really strange situations where everyone obviously realized like hey we've got someone hurt out here potentially really hurt out here but we still have to do the thing yeah like this can't this can't end even though this person might be seriously hurt this can't end without the ending we can't call it off right here we you guys got to figure it out you guys got to get to it being, I've never seen something like that live, and then in Davis Arena, there's not a lot of room to hide either. So it was a really kind of scary situation. It was. I mean, everybody could tell right away that uh, things didn't go the way as planned, and you know, Will Austin appeared to be seriously hurt. We've heard since then that uh, he's he's okay. He was able to kind thank of God for that. On his own, we're happy to hear that for you, feet. Will Austin. But uh, no, still, it, was a, it was scary, man. That was a very scary moment. And um, I'm glad everything worked out all right. And I hate to say it, but it happened at a kind of a bad time for the next match. Um, I think that the the Joe Mack match and the Jesse Goddard's match kind of had people, uh, people were having a hard time get behind it um, because they were distracted by Will Austin. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would say distracted. It was for me. It, it felt more like the wind w- was knocked out yeah. of the room. Yes. Yeah, that would be a much better way of putting. I it. mean, there was excitement and anticipation that, and you know, just general revelry that surrounds a wrestling show, especially a Halloween themed wrestling show. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything was was building to that point, and then that kind of like knocked the wind out of the sales of the audience. So they were at a disadvantage, Joe Mack and Jesse Goddard's, because uh, it should have been, like, the crowd should have been electrified, and they just weren't at that point based on what had just happened. So they kind of had to work a little bit harder to rebuild that momentum, yeah. which, in my opinion, they successfully did. Yeah, no, they it was, they those guys worked their butt off to do what they could do, but you never want to see especially you just saw someone get hurt, you have to go through the curtain and work a full match not knowing what just happened to somebody that you work with. Right. Like, that in and of itself has got to take a little bit of the energy out of the match, no matter how the crowd's feeling. You must be having a hard time concentrating on on what it is you're doing, you know. Yeah, but as they say, the show must go on, and they went out and uh, put on a a hell of a match. Nothing. We're going to be kind of... uh, quick with this one um jesse goddard's doesn't lose this title he beat joe mack they didn't have shannon the dude he had luke curtis um just 
kind of an easy one to spot from far away. I felt like this match didn't have a whole lot going. I understand the story between the Overman and Jesse Goddard. I feel like kind of this match maybe not would have been the one that I went with if he was wrestling someone from the Overman. Uh, but that title was meant for Jesse Goddard. He didn't lose it. So. And I would like to uh, take a second to mention something that I heard while I was at Davis Arena on Saturday. And this came from Gracie. If you've watched Wrestlers on Netflix, you will know who I am referring to when I speak of Gracie. And she said that Joe Mack is a baby. So there you go. In case you didn't know this already, Joe Mack, you're a baby. And you can get your Joe Mack is a baby t-shirts at OVW. Um, arena actually yes you can main event of the night nightmare cup finale the finals the big the big dance for the nightmare cup beaches that, and cream and cash sorry go ahead no yeah, that's right it was uh, beaches and cream making their second appearance of the night as well as cash flow and shira who were also making their second appearance of the night we heard them ca- be called both do you prefer golden lions or lion chops uh no. <laughs> yeah. Correct answer. What, what he said. Correct answer. Cash was, and Shira. The, there <laughs> was something else that they called them in the beginning of the pay-per-view that wasn't either one of those things. I, I can't remember. Um, Golden Lion. No? It was something before that. Omar and Omar and uh, Luscious Lawrence really kind of... People liked them in that crowd. People liked them in that crowd. They had a tough task against Cashflow and Shira. They did. In terms and of garnering support. I, I, They did have a difficult time, and I noticed that too. I mean, because um, Cashflow and Shira were, were so over right now, and the crowd was so behind them based on the story that they have, people started to boo a little bit. Luscious Lawrence and Omar Amir. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that in the it crowd. It was a little... And, you know, obviously they heard it too. And yeah. they reacted accordingly. Not like, you know, super angry or upset or anything. But I, I remember thinking during that match, are we going to see like a heel turn here? Because I, I had a feeling like something was going to happen in that match. Like at the the big one that we went to, mm-hmm. like the very, very end, the lights went out. Isaiah came in. Uh, knock some people out in the ring and then the lights came back up and then poof he was gone like Sting or you know somebody um, but the, the th- situation would have been really ripe for um, a dissolution of Wet Dream Tag Team Beaches and Cream um, for a turn between the two of these guys maybe another miscue that ends up them. The, the situation was right there um, for every reason that wasn't executed but Cashflow and Shearer won for a new tag team. Um, we're, I, I get it. I totally get it. I just kind of, uh, we, we know Beaches and Cream have been together before. They've hold, held gold before. Uh, it's frustrating sometimes to see an established tag team get beat by two singles guys in my wrestling brain. I agree with that. And you're right. I was sitting right next to Brian and and we were talking about I I just kind of had a feeling like something was going to happen and that was one of the things that I mentioned to him was I thought maybe there was a heel turn based on the miscues that they had had uh, a couple of times during the last month even though um, we had Luscious Lawrence in and he acknowledged those and said that they were working on them and becoming a more cohesive unit. That interview is in this feed right now. You can go check it out whenever you like. But uh, I really thought something like that was going to happen, like you said, and that was going to set the stage for either a heel turn as a tag team or a split among the two. But it didn't. It didn't come out like that. But unfortunately, um, the stars didn't align for them so on you're, Saturday. Your Booker behinds. There's a Beaches and Cream split. Whose baby? Whose face? Or whose baby? Whose heel? Uh, it, it, it's going to be hard for me to really ever see Luscious Lawrence as a heel. I mean, he's always got that it factor. So whether he is quote unquote a heel or a face, I'm always going to root for him personally because I, I just like the dude's style, man. He's cool as hell and he's, he's a snappy dresser. And I like those, um, 
uh, tie-dyed socks that he came to the uh, the studio in. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed sick. those. And then Thursday he had NWO socks when he yeah, walked when he the commentary to, uh, table. Commentary. So uh, big fan of your footwear, dude. I'm just saying. Uh, Beaches and Cream loses to Cashflow and Shira for the third time this evening. We have a new number one contender to a title belt inside of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, we'll see the Ohio Valley pay-per-views are always the end of a chapter. We'll see kind of in the next coming weeks here on this podcast where things will be going with all of your favorite Ohio Valley Wrestling superstars. So there will be some new faces coming to the screen as well as some uh, storylines and characters that you've uh, come to love, some wrestlers that you've come to love. Um, we're at the end at the end of a pay-per-view cycle, but that just means in a lot of ways we're just beginning. So That's right. And one thing I would like to say about uh, this last match, uh, my favorite part of that match was after Cashflow and Mahabali Shira win that match, the enthusiasm of those guys, the looks on their faces, the looks of satisfaction. Mahabali Shira was bouncing like mm-hmm. a kid on Christmas morning who got that one thing that meant so much to him that he really, really wanted. And cash flow, too. I mean, they were both super excited and, and happy as they should have been. But just to see the satisfaction and the... Uh, um, the success that they enjoyed that evening was just, uh, it, it did this old guy's heart good. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. So congratulations, Cashflow. Congratulations, Mahabali Shira. It was a great night for you at uh, No Rest for the Wicked. Cash was king, and the Indian line came out on top. So congratulations to you both. And hopefully you guys were able to capitalize uh, on that success a little bit at the gimmick table because you guys got you guys were the the first ones there after the end of the match yeah. people <laughs> didn't even go backstage nope. went straight there nope straight to the gimmick table they were smart enough to set their two tables next to each other um so yeah hopefully did you not only get um nightmare cup uh uh the distinction of being the winner of the nightmare cup this year but hopefully you know you're able to Buy yourself a nice meal after the match, too, off of that gimmick table. Before we uh, wrap this up, let me ask you something. Was there anything from No Rest for the Wicked that you wanted to see but didn't? Or something that surprised you that you didn't see coming? Wanted to see a women's singles. That would have been nice. There there was plenty of... uh, female division talent, so they could have easily added another match in there at some point, but uh, that just wasn't in the cards this time. How about you? Um, Well, the last time we recorded, uh, I really was hoping that the Fallen, even though they weren't part of the Nightmare Cup, were still going to play a part in the No Rest for the Wicked pay-per-view. I was glad to see that they did. Uh, I felt like it was a perfect uh, spotlight moment for them, even though everybody was dressed up for Christmas. It kind of makes me wonder whether or not there's going to be some kind of uh, Christmas angle for the Fallen here before too long. But uh, their presence in this pay-per-view, along with Dysfunction, I really needed that kind of Halloween match this year, and uh, I was glad that I got it. And uh, for my two cents, I mean, that is a a hell of a uh, sci-fi horror faction because I felt like everybody worked together. Mm-hmm. You've got the three members of the Fallen and the two members of Dysfunction. Um, I would love it if they were like some sort of uh, ongoing story where the two of them kind of work together kind of like the legion of doom versus the uh ju- the justice league i could kind see of thing. it i could see it um something that i would really like out of ovw is um just maybe like a chili cheese bar like it's great to have the hot dogs but just if we could just get onions some chili cheese i'll pay extra um maybe some shredded uh cheddar that's just something i'd really love to see from ovw i would future. like to request uh uh, General Foods International gravies, gravies from around the world, kind of like a jelly of the month club, only with sweet and 
sweet gravies or spicy gravies or brown gravies or uh, gravy All right, from guys. Wrap this up or I'm going to turn the lights off Some on mozzarella you. sticks. That, maybe yeah. a little marinara cup. The OVW podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW podcast broadcast team is me, Jack Minokes, and my co-host, Brian Hines. Word. Our studio engineer and editor is a birthday boy, Malachi Woodard. Happy birthday, baby boy. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard, uh, celebrating nine months before conception 22 years ago. Holla. Um or nine months before birth, celebrating conception from 22 years ago. Uh, Brian K. Woodard, tiny Brian K. Woodard, senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching Wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all episodes of our unofficial Wrestlers After Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, and give us a review if you would be so kind. You can also follow us on, at ovwpodcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, and Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night, and I hope we uh, get some good news about that uh, great boy.